Live from SoFi Stadium, welcome to this kickoff edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partners of the LA Rams. I'm J.D. Long, and before week one arrives against the Chicago Bears, here at SoFi Sunday Night Football, let's introduce our Between the Horns crew. Let's start with Maurice Jones-Drew. It's Thursday morning. I don't know. Does the LSU victory still <laughs> still pervade your thoughts here? Where are we? JB, I, I haven't slept, right? I, I'm not even going to lie to you. I didn't even get a chance to watch the game uh, because I was doing a fantasy draft and uh, I was out of the, out of town. But, man, I haven't slept. I've been watching the replays and I watched the game over and I was watching how – we just look amazing. You know, I really believe this, guys, and I, I know you may not knock me off my high horse here, but I believe it's Alabama, UCLA, Georgia right there, and then everyone else. So we're good to go. I mean, I expect us in the BCS Bowl probably playing for a national championship at the playoffs, whatever it is. DeMarco Farr is on the other end of the spectrum, uh, looking at his wounds after an FCS loss for his Huskies, where he won a national championship. Uh, DeMarco, is that why you're wearing some uh, jewelry today? Oh, yeah. Let me switch hands. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> just, just to make sure. Yeah. Uh, just embarrassing. We'll see what happens next week versus Michigan in the big house. We'll forget about week one. Well, Kurt Morrison, correct me if I'm wrong, but you called UCLA's opening win over Hawaii, right? So you saw this all coming? Yeah, I, I kind of saw this all coming, JB, not just this year. You saw it at the end of last year, Chip Kelly, UCLA. They kind of have this uh, zen about them, that they know that they're good. They got a quiet confidence. I'm kind of uh, thinking that this is a team that nobody wants to see come late December. All right, well, Kirk will be in our studios at our flagship station for our broadcast of Bears and Rams to kick off a 2021 campaign that begins right here in Inglewood, uh, Sunday Night Football against the Bears. And so let's turn our attention to that matchup now. And the start of the Matthew Stafford era, and Kirk, I'll give you the uh, first opportunity to tell us what your expectations are for the new Rams quarterback. I think my expectations for him is just to go in and run the offense. Honestly, we saw what last year was with Jared Goff or the previous four years under Sean McVay. For me, I think now for Sean McVay, really, it's about unleashing this offense to a different set of standards, to a different height that I think that Jared Goff may have been limited in, but you don't have that same limitation, I think, with Matthew Stafford. So my expectations for him to come in and really run this offense really efficiently And I'm going to be interested in seeing how does the first 10 to 15 plays are scripted? How does Sean McVay get Matthew Stafford comfortable? How does he get him going early on? That's what I can't wait to see for on Sunday, because is it going to be bombs away? Is it the screen game early? How do you get Matthew Stafford settled in? Because I think we can all say that he's going to be a little bit nervous. First game, home game for the Rams, his first opportunity outside of Detroit. I think he'll have a little bit of nerves and we'll see how he gets those uh, ironed out. DeMarco, eight months into making this game plan, I'm sure the wheels started turning way back in Cabo early in the new year. What do you think against Chicago and what has been one of the most consistently strong defenses in the league? Well, this is going to be interesting. Um, Big year for Sean McVay backing up. I mean, your first four years basically bought you the next four years, and now you've got the quarterback of your choice. So, You know, you win 65% of your games coming in. You win an NFC championship. But as we go a little bit beyond in your career that's going to start a little a look a little bit lonely so he's got the guy he wanted 
quarterback. Now we get to see the, I guess, the full playbook, if you will. You don't have to coach around certain guys. You don't have to coach around your quarterback's limitations. Uh, watching Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford, excuse me, in training camp, uh, it's limitless what this guy can do. He can go east-west with the football. He can go north-south with the best of them. Uh, he can give you a chance as a receiver to go up and catch a 50-50 ball or throw with velocity and with accuracy. So uh, I guess if we see the same Matthew Safford we saw in Detroit with a Sean McVay offense, I think sky's the limits. Now, I think 6,000 yards in the season might be a bit much, but mm -hmm. Sean McVay has been a snootful for even the most experienced defensive coordinators coming into week one. Well, this is a bear squad that's breaking in the new defensive coordinator with some aging talent. So I expect Sean McVay through the arm of Matthew Stafford to actually carve up this bears defense. Uh, now what happens on the other side? We'll see, but I think this Rams offense should have a lot of success against this defense. Maurice. Well, I think one thing we, we forget to mention is that Matthew Stafford knows his Bears defense. They know he knows his Bears personnel, right? You play twice a year for their, his whole career. So for me, that's another advantage for Sean McVay. How does this guy like to play these routes? How does this guy like to do this? And, and Matthew Stafford can give you that information. So for me, I, I think I'm going to go with both guys saying, I expect a lot of play action pass. I expect to see Deshaun Jackson clear the top off, right? Get get right. Deshaun Gibson and those safeties running back deep and then having Cooper Cup and Robert Woods carve up the intermediate spot. Uh, then I expect to see Robert Woods take the top off and then maybe a screen here or there, some running here and there. But expect when you when you spend that much draft capital to get a commodity, you have to utilize them. You have to use them. You have to show his abilities. That's just what we are as human beings. That's human nature. If I buy a new car, it's not going to sit in the garage. OK, <laughs> right. if I buy a new car, especially with the top down in Los Angeles, I'm going to drop that top. And we're going to be cruising up down uh, whatever the net, net new streets are. I don't even know what the streets are anymore, but <laughs> that's what it's all about. You have to showcase your your, your new toy. And so I think you're going to see that in the watching training camp. Watch the way he's molded with the group. The group is molded with him. The coaches have molded with each other uh, and the players. Um, I, I think it's going to be an exciting time, and let's let's just be honest. Right now, the we haven't gotten to it. I, I don't I don't know what you're going to see from the Bears' offense, right? And, and right. this could get ugly pretty quickly because they have some offensive line issues, and they have a quarterback kind of controversy still going on right now. Uh, Maurice, that would be Lincoln and Jefferson where you're dropping the top and cruising to, to pick me up, vice <laughs> versa. Just to, just to clarify. <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys take a bathroom break, grab a cup of coffee, whatever uh, whatever you want to do. I promise not to play analyst on this show except for this one topic because I've been spending most of 2021 trying to figure out what does Sean McVay mean when he acquires Matthew Stafford with the thought that he can make us better and we can make him better. So I kind of break these incremental improvements up into two different categories, two different perspectives. Let's start with from Matthew Stafford's perspective. Relative to his first 12 years, what is it going to feel like in a Rams uniform? I think fewer hits taken, hopefully a healthier 2021. Fewer fourth-quarter heroics required. We know that's kind of his area of mastery. Hopefully time and score dictate that he doesn't have to orchestrate as many thrilling comebacks this season. More open targets with lower drop rates than he's ever had as a Detroit Lion. Heavier doses of pre-snap motion, higher totals of yards after catch, the most efficient running game he's ever enjoyed, and shorter fields than he's used to because of the defense, maybe the best defense in the National Football League. Let's flip it the other way. For the Rams, kind of moving from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford, what is their offense going to look like as they try and get back to that 30-point we're getting plateau? Better ball security, first and foremost, right? Production under pressure, in and out of pocket. 
An increase in average depth of target. Almost all of you touched down that. How about lighter box counts? When you do threaten the defense more vertically, more favorable numbers in the running game. The offensive line, which I think the Rams placed their biggest bet of the offseason on, collectively being better than the sum of their individual parts. Uh, here's a subtle one. McVay spending fewer timeouts earlier in halves at the line <laughs> of scrimmage on offense. <laughs> and, then last, and then lastly, red zone mastery. I think this will be the best red zone year in terms of punching in touchdowns since Sean McVay came to Los Angeles. Those are, are my expectations. I know that's a lot. But if some, if not all of those elements come to fruition, I think I think that's what they envisioned when they made the investment that they did back in January. All right, aside from Stafford, which, you know, the lead story, no question going into the weekend, who else individually do you need to see step up in 2021 for the Rams to get to where they're trying to go, which is this field behind us in February? Marco, go ahead. You can lead the way. Offensively or defensively? Or does it matter? Pick your lane. Uh, okay. Brian Allen at center. Uh, you, you've got to play, maintain the standard, communicate out, uh, between left tackle and right tackle. You've got to be the guy and you've got to be available, uh, for 17 weeks for 17 games. That's most important. Number two, this is kind of funny. Um, I hate even to say this because at times I think he is the most important player on this football team. And I mean, this Robert Woods, uh, is a guy that, uh, I, I think we'll take a step forward with Matthew Stafford. I think if anybody suffered under Jared Goff, it would be Robert Woods. Uh, there's a few more receptions left out on the field, a few more yards after catch if you throw that ball on time. So what happens when you have a quarterback that can get it to you where you want it when you need it? Uh, I think you'll see Ro- Robert Woods go to a different level. And uh, you mentioned it. Andrew Whitworth is almost 40. So I know 40-year-olds that have played – they really want to play football in August and September. Let's see if you really want to do it in November and December. So as long as he's healthy and man's that left tackle spot, I think you've always got a shot to keep your quarterback healthy and your offense humming. But if there's a problem there, then problems start to show up everywhere. So uh, center, left tackle, and then Robert Woods taking it to the next level. Going back to Buffalo, I remember they said if Robert Woods actually had a quarterback, how good can he possibly be? Well, He's still under 30, and you've got Matthew Stafford. So let's see if there's another gear for Robert Woods. Maurice, for the Rams to win the NFC West, maybe get the number one seed in the NFC, all these big-picture aspirations. Who has to have a career year? Oh, JB, you know where I'm going. It's the running back position. Uh, You you mentioned it. Having lighter boxes, being able to run the ball, uh, explosive runs, runs of 12 yards or more. If you can run the ball efficiently and have explosive runs, imagine what that does to the play-action pass. Imagine what that does to the passing game when guys are stepping up for the run and you're allowing guys to get behind them. Uh, so for me, it's going to be Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle. Those two have to get going. And then Jake Funk, when his role on the offense has to make plays. But those first two guys, they have to be efficient runners and be able to have, be explosive runners and stay healthy, right? This backfield – with the Cam Akers, with the Cam Akers injury, Sony Michelle's uh, injury history, Daryl uh, Daryl Henderson's injury history, you have to try to find a way to keep all those guys healthy. Jake Funk's injury history, right? All these guys have had his, uh, histories of injury. So hopefully, if you can keep those guys healthy and keep them going and be effective, I, to me, it's just gonna be it's gonna be tough to stop this offense, no matter who's out there. Um, if you're playing two high safeties, and me and Kirk played on the same team, which I never saw, if that was the case. <laughs> I would still be playing right now. I, I, two high safeties, like 
Call me up. I love it. Everyone's blocked. All I got to do is run on a safety. So if you can get efficient and explosive runs, I think that's going to open up everything. And that's how the Rams end up going. Because as much as Sean wants to run the uh, throw the ball, he knows in November or December we have to be able to run the ball to shorten these games and get out of there and steal some victories and some of these tough opponents down the stretch. If they can run the ball efficiently and explosively, I think they'll be ready to go. The uh, position group the Rams are banking on most is fill in the blank, and why is it off-ball linebacker? No, I'm just kidding. You can go whatever direction you want. <laughs> no, I think you mentioned that off-ball linebacker is something that actually is a strength now of this team uh, because of previous years having so many guys rotate in that spot. So I think the Rams are actually pretty solid at the off-ball linebacker. The one spot that really, for me, that I, I want to see who steps up because I think it may – uh, be one or two guys. And I'm looking at the lineage of the Rams under Sean McVay, and especially the last two coordinators in Staley and Wade Phillips. That third corner, man, that slot corner for the Rams, whether it was Nicole Roby Coleman, whether it was last year in Troy Hill or over the last couple of years, that third corner really stepped up and made key plays for the Rams uh, defensively. This year will be sort of a question mark. Is it going to be David Long? We'll see Robert Rochelle, the third round, I mean, the, the draft pick of the Rams as well. So it's multiple guys that have to fill a position, JB, that has really been solid for the Rams. We know Jalen Ramsey's going to be on one side doing what Jalen Ramsey does. Darius Williams really proved that he can be a guy who can be on his island. But who's going to be the third corner? Who is that slot corner? Or, you know, who is going to be the guy that other teams try to pick on more to stay away from Williams and Ramsey? I think it's going to have to be David Long. He's going to have to step up. This is going to be his year to really have a breakout, breakout performance. He was on my list as well, and I'm not sure if Chicago and Andy Dalton or even next week in Indianapolis is going to give us a true affirmative answer to that question, but I think after week three, by the time Tom Brady and his arsenal of weapons come to Soberby Stadium, we'll, we'll have more clarity about where the Rams are at that position and who, who's going to fill or walk down that role the rest of the way. You guys checked off a lot of the names that were on my list, including Brian Allen, Daryl Henderson, uh, David Long Jr., I'm going to put Taylor Rapp in that category. This feels like a really yeah. big year for Taylor Rapp with John Johnson moving on to Cleveland. Uh, can he step in and solidify that second starting safety position? And then I've got Leonard Floyd on my mind, too. He was good last year. This year, he has to be great. Because right now, there are a lot of question marks on the edge. They are not only relying on him in terms of the financial investment they've made in his new contract, but because of the fact that he is more than ever before their leader on that edge and who plays opposite him this weekend and into the 2021 campaign, I think still very much uh, up for debate. Let's get some matchups to watch against Chicago and MJD. We'll start with you for this round. Where do you think this week one matchup might be decided individually between the Bears and the Rams? Oh, we're going to go back to Jacksonville. I think that the Allen Robinson, the, their number one receiver versus Jalen Ramsey. They they've battled in Jacksonville. They battled over the last couple of years. Um, here in, in Los Angeles. And so to me, if you can stop Allen Robinson, you can force Andy Dalton to go to his second and third read. You're allowed time for Aaron Donald to get to Andy Dalton in that defense and that uh with that defensive line. So it's another matchup. Um this is why you paid Jalen Ramsey all that money. This is why you made him the highest paid corner. This is why he gets to say and do what he wants to do and all those things. It's time to lock up and go against one of the top receivers in the game, a guy that's very underrated. Uh, catches the ball with guys on his back all the time. He's one of the best combat catchers in the league or contested catchers in the league. And so for me, this is another tough matchup for Jalen Ramsey. And you got to show up. You have to show up. If he shows up, I think this game gets out of hand. 
What about that little stutter and go from uh, inside the Bears' 10-yard line last year on this field that led Darnell Mooney, uh, in the eyes of some Bears fans, to be a problem for Jalen Ramsey? Might it be the matchup with their number two target, MJD, at times? No, I don't. I, don't, I think. I think you know. Again, they were playing zone at that point, play. and Jalen was trying to jump routes. He, he <laughs> yeah. guess, but to me, I think they're again. I, you know what the Rams are going to do? They're going to lock up Jalen on the best receiver, and they're going to kind of pl- show coverage or roll coverage to the other side. And so, uh, as good as Darnell Mooney was, and he didn't catch the ball, um, Allen Robinson's their number one guy. So, I, I wouldn't dare put him on anyone else but Allen Robinson to take him out of the game. Marco, a matchup to watch for Sunday Night Football? Well, funny, uh, just going back to your Leonard Floyd comment, and I'm, I'm looking, their left tackle is Jermaine Effetti. Well, if Leonard Floyd can't dominate Effetti, then you've overpaid him. I know that sounds harsh, but that's the truth. I mean, this is the guy you should absolutely rip, especially with Andy Dalton back there. But, uh, yeah, you guys are on the same wavelength. Uh, I'm looking at those Bears receivers uh, going after the, the Rams corners. Uh, and for that lack of the third corner, let's see if he, if David Long can actually stand up and be effective in there. But it's it's only going to be as effective as the pass rush is is going to allow it to be. So the Bears' offensive line, I'm not too high on. I know they just signed uh, Jason Peters to kind of solidify their left tackle spot and give some gravitas to that O line, and they're pretty tough off the gut. But you know, th- this is all about pressure on Dalton. Uh, Andy Dalton, I guess, is kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo to me. He's a game manager. If the offense is running well, he's going to run well within it. But if you kind of make it choppy for him and you put the game on his shoulders, uh, there, there's a reason he didn't win in the postseason when it when it really mattered. When you got pressure on the quarterback up the gut, Andy Dalton does not show up. So uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald, uh, we can't say enough about him. I haven't seen him. In a game, I don't know what he's going to look like or if he's in game shape, but I'm assuming he is. So if there's instant pressure up the gut from AD and Leonard Floyd is doing what you paid him to do, which is dominate that left side, then Andy Dalton will be forced to get the ball out quick. And uh, these receivers won't have a chance to make these double moves. But if he has a chance to stand back there and really remember when we underestimated uh, Jameis Winston a few years ago and he came to the Coliseum and absolutely put on a show. So. Yeah. Same with Dalton. If you let him get in the rhythm and you're not getting pressure on him, these receivers are good enough to carve up, carve up any secondary, including the Rams. But just that receiver matchup, when Dalton does have chance to survey the field and get the ball out, let's see what these receivers can do gaining separation from these corners. Uh, I doubt it can happen, but stranger things have happened. All right, so DeMarco focuses on the pass rush of the Rams against a depleted offensive line for Chicago. Uh, Kurt, couldn't the same be true in terms of handling Rob Quinn and Khalil Mack for Andrew Whitworth, another near 40-year-old tackle, and Rob Davidson? Uh, JB, you read my mind. I mean, that's the matchup that I'm looking at, but also I have a caveat as well um, to another matchup that we may have to look at. But this Rams offensive line, this is going to be their first opportunity as a new group. When you add new pieces to the offensive line, we spoke about Brian Allen earlier. How does he handle this? And for me, I think we go back to a couple years when – the Rams were on the road against the Bears. And it was really that defensive front that dominated that game with the pressure looks against then quarterback Jared Goff. Will they try to have a similar game plan of increased pressure, especially up the middle to test Brian Allen and to get that pro- I mean, that, that speed up the process for Matthew Stafford? So I think that's going to be huge, uh, the matchup between their defensive line and this Rams offensive line in their first outing. Now, my caveat 
to all of this is we know that Aaron Donald, that defensive front for the Rams, are really good. And I never wish this on opponents, but we all know that Andy Dalton is one hit away. And all of a sudden you have to deal with the guy in Justin Fields. Let's be honest. And so do the Rams have enough of a game plan or enough of a look to go against Justin Fields? We don't know what he's going to be in the NFL. We've seen a couple of things already in preseason. But what happens if he has to go out there and play a series or two or even have to finish the game for Andy Dalton? That's the matchup for me. What does Raheem Morris have in his bag if he has to go out there and play for a, a longer period of time against the Justin Fields if Andy Dalton is out? And Kurt Morrison, well, Kurt, remember this. If the game gets out of hand quickly, which it has, yes. a ten, it can. It's happened with Andy Dalton before. Correct. Don't be surprised if he comes out in the second half, right? And then what adjustments right. are you going to have to make? Because Andy Dalton isn't as athletic and can't run around like he used to, right? When he was first in the exactly. league and coming out of TCU, this other kid can play. And so mm-hmm. that's what I was mm-hmm. talking about, the quarterback controversy that they have in that locker room. From my understanding, the defensive guys really love Justin Fields. The receivers really love <laughs> right. Justin Fields. But the coaches want to make sure that he's ready to go before they put him out there. Don't be surprised yeah. if, it start, if it starts going downhill that yeah. he you jumps in the Obviously, game. Even, well, even well, if it's going good for Dalton, you're going to see correct. Justin Fields. If, right. if they get close to the goal line in the red zone, like you said, you can't prepare for that. How do, you right. don't know what this guy is going to do. He's tough. Uh, but I would bet even if it's going well for Dalton, which I don't, you're going to see Justin Fields at some point in this game. I think that's the matchup, and I think that's what I'm looking at pregame, right? Pregame, is Justin Fields active or is he inactive? Very similar to what we saw with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. When Jordan Love was inactive last year, we knew that there was no opportunity for him to play. If Justin Fields is active, we all know, man, if you're active, that means you have the ability to go out there and play. That would be interesting if we do see him against the Rams at some point. Yeah, Nick Foles will be there at third. All right, Kirk, MJ, and Marco, thank you very much. Good stuff. you got a whole lot more coming your way on therams.com. And then on Sunday night, we'll have a pregame show for you on these same social and digital channels. Thank you for now for tuning in to this week's Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers, proud partner of the LA Rams. There are still single-game tickets available for the season home opener here at SoFi Stadium. This Sunday against the Bears, it's an NFL nightcap. Just go to therams.com slash tickets, therams.com slash tickets to purchase yours today. Hope to see you on Sunday night. Meantime, have a great rest of your week.